Uh, now I must say, um, <clears throat> we had a wonderful vision to serve camp. We had, uh, we had over 40 men come to camp this year, and that was such a blessing. But I do want to say to, um, to the church, uh, thank you for letting your pastor come down for a couple of days. I know um, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> it was a sacrifice for him to take that time, and, and you let him come. So thank you. Thank you for investing uh, in um, what I think is uh, just a wonderful, uh, wonderful week. We've done two now, and we uh, there's a lot of interest now in a third one, which we'll most probably do, God willing, first week of May uh, next year. And um, yeah, I think we had uh, throughout the week we had 23 sessions, and um, it was it was full on, like it was really hard going, but it was enjoyable going. A very casual week, but we uh, it was it was good. It was a great time. So thank you for that, and thank you, Pastor, for coming. We, we, you were very much appreciated there. Uh, <clears throat> now it is. I know it is a special um, time of the year. It's a special time of the week. Uh, it's uh, prayer meeting and Bible study time. So uh, <clears throat> so my my uh, my my pastor, Pastor David Mitchell, he always says on. State of Origin night, he says, I'm not going to punish the faithful. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to keep things short. And, um, and then sometimes he preaches longer. I think he forgets. But, <laughs> but, uh, but no, we won't punish the faithful. And, um, <clears throat> uh, but us New South, Welsh, New South Wales supporters, we get punished enough, uh, especially over the last 14 or 15 years. So um, I'm expecting a loss tonight. I was down there already commiserating with Paul. Where's Paul gone to? There he is. Already commiserating, uh, <laughs> fearing the worst. If we snag a win, we'll be happy, but we just expect it. But uh, anyway, but uh, <clears throat> as, as I've said a number of times, I think there actually are some Queenslanders in the Queensland side uh, this evening. And um, <clears throat> um, so, uh, but um, of course you have had quite a few... Uh, Players from Maxville, Barrowville, um, New Zealand, uh, and so on, <laughs> New, New Guinea, <laughs> and a couple of Queenslanders in there somewhere. I'm not sure which ones. I think Alfie was a Queenslander or something. But and there, Second Kings chapter three, please. Second Kings chapter three, and I'm I'm going to uh, <clears throat> keep my eye on the clock there. Second Kings chapter three. I'd like to give you just a, a very short outline this evening. And again, thank you to the church for your ongoing support of the young, the young family. Robin's flying in at 11.15 tonight, so uh, I have to go to the airport and pick her up, and then we're going to head over to New Zealand tomorrow for a short trip. Second uh, Kings chapter 3, and um, <clears throat> we'll just ask for God's blessing. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful day, and uh, Lord, we just pray now that you'll still our hearts, Lord, and may we be focused on the Word of God and the things of God. And uh, please, I pray that you'll meet with us now and, and just show us something that we can maybe apply to our lives uh, from uh, the Word of God this evening. We'll be careful to thank you for it. We pray for the Spirit of God's leading and empowering. In Jesus' name, Amen. Verse number uh, uh, 5. Now, I'm going to read a few verses here. We most probably won't do much more than read through the chapter, and I'll make a few points. came to pass when Ahab was dead, 2 Kings 3 that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. And King Jehoram went out of Samaria at the same time and numbered all Israel. And he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab hath rebelled against me. 
Wilt thou go with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will go up. I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And he said, Which way shall we go up? And he answered, The way through the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah and the king of Edom, uh, and they fetched a compass of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord? that we may inquire of the Lord by him. And one of the kings, king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee. But bring me now a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. <clears throat> Verse 20, it came to pass in the morning when the meat offering was offered, that behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. And we'll just stop there uh, <clears throat> for time's sake. Very interesting part of God's word, these early chapters of uh, the book of Kings, the first, uh, uh, second Kings, the first chapter is that classic chapter where uh, um, the 50 soldiers went up to uh, capture Elijah and uh, Elijah said, if I'm a man of God, strike these men down and fire came down and consumed them and the second 50 went up and the same thing happened and the third, the, I can see the funny, it's not funny but I can see the, uh, the, the, the passage there where the third one comes up and he, and he gets on his knees and says, I get it, I get it, you're the man of God, I get it, please spare my life. Second chapter of Second Kings is the famous chapter with Elijah going up in the, in the chariot and, and Elisha comes onto the scene and there's a lot to learn from that second chapter about uh, <clears throat> Elisha and, and so on. Now, we get to this chapter here and, and uh, the three, the three uh, kings, the king of Israel, the king of Judah and the king of Edom, they were going against the king of Moab who rebelled and of course they always say that, a, that an, an army marches on its stomach, in this case on its water supplies and there was no water after seven days and uh, so if you've got no water for your men or your, your, your animals, you, you, are, you will be beaten, you can't survive, can't survive very long without water. And, uh, <clears throat> and of course, um, Elisha said, well, listen, what you need to do is you need to go and uh, dig some ditches and, uh, and then God will fill them up with water. And then that's exactly what God did. And uh, of course, uh, <clears throat> in the morning, when that morning sun came up, the Moabites looked, we didn't get to this part of the story, but the Moabites looked and the, the ditches looked, looked red. And so they said, ah... There's blood everywhere. And as the, the, that used to happen in those days, armies would turn on each other. They said the whole land is filled with blood and they've destroyed one another. So we'll just go down and we'll spoil these three armies and wacko, we'll just take off. And God delivered them. Now, 
there's some preliminary applications here. Normally you put the applications at the end of a message, but there's a couple of obvious ones here. Uh, The first one is this. Um, We need to dig some ditches to receive God's blessing. We need to prepare for God to bless us. Uh, God, God does the blessing. God gives the water. God does the miraculous. But we just can't sit around. We've actually got to go and dig some ditches. That's what, um, <clears throat> that's what Pastor Shemish did in, in Thailand for so many years. Tried to figure out how to speak Thai and, and tried to, uh, uh, to, to dig some ditches there. There was nothing there. And, and now God's bringing the water in. That's why we, we go witnessing. That's why we pray. That's why we, we, uh, we work. That's why we give. We're digging ditches. Now, God does the miraculous. God's got to fill those ditches up. But we just can't sit back and say, well, Lord, I'm just going to sit here and, and uh, you know, play on my phone or, or, or do something. No, we, we need to work. And digging ditches is hard work. It's hard work. Uh, I don't know if you've dug ditches. I've done a few. did a bit of fencing in my time. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's very hard work. But um, <clears throat> if you want God to fill those ditches, he expects us to dig the ditches. But that's another sermon. And then sometimes God's blessings are multifaceted. When God gave, uh, God fell, uh, uh, <clears throat> filled these ditches up with water, that was the first miracle. But also that water provided the reflection of the sun, most probably the red sun coming up and, and, and gave the illusion that it looked like blood to the, 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 the Moabites. So um, sometimes God's blessings are multifaceted. One thing leads to another, but that's a sermon for another time too. What I want to focus on this evening, and for just a little bit of time we have left, is the actual character of Elisha. And I've got, uh, I've got eight points here, and we'll just run through them really quickly. The character of Elisha, one of the very interesting characters in the Bible. Here's the first thing about Elisha, and, and we don't know much about Elisha up until chapter 2, but we learn a lot about Elisha here in chapter 3 of uh, 2 Kings. Here's the first thing. He was known as a servant. Verse 11, he was known as a servant. Um, here is Elisha, one of the king of Israel's servants, said, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. What do you mean he poured water? Well, he, he helped Elisha, Elijah wash his hands. He was a servant. That was a very menial task, to pour water on someone's hands. You see, Elisha uh, was apprentice to Elijah. He was an apprentice and he was very good at it. <clears throat> Proverbs 27, 18, uh, Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof, and, and so he that waiteth on his master shall be honoured. You know, we live in a day and age where it's... Uh, it's, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not the Aussie thing to, to look after your boss. But uh, now I've got references, but we haven't got time to go to the New Testament. But the Bible says we are to, we are to obey and we are to honour our earthly bosses. Even if the Bible says in Peter, even if they're froward, we still need to honour them. We still need to obey our earthly bosses. Um, even, if, even if your boss is a stinker, even if he's not fair or she's not fair, we still need to honour them because that's good in God's sight. And as you've heard most probably from this pulpit a hundred times, if you want to serve, you have to be a, a servant. 
And Elisha, the great Elisha the prophet, started off washing the hands of Elijah. I was uh, <clears throat> at the, uh, just dropped into Coles uh, this morning, just over on the uh, peninsula. It was early, they were just opening up and uh, <clears throat> I had to get a few things in the, um, the supermarket there. And out in the, the, uh, the car park, there was this young man uh, with, a, with a bin and one of those little, what do you call them, uh, a paper stabber or a paper grabber or whatever. And he was studiously going round, picking up papers. And, and when I came out of Coles, I, he was gone, so I drove around the back of the, the parking lot and, uh, and there he was, picking up papers. And he looked cheerful. Uh, he had a big coat on and a, you know, a hat on, being a Queenslander. It was frightfully cold. It was most probably about 14 or 15, but he was, looked cold. But, <laughs> but he, was, uh, he was doing that and... Uh, um, <clears throat> and uh, so I went up to him, I drove up and I put the window down and said, G'day mate, I said, you're doing a really good job. I said, can I, can I give you a tip, you know, give you some money for breakfast? And he says, no, I'm, I wouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> I said, okay, well, can I give you something to read? So I gave him a gospel tract and I knew he had to keep working. But I rang his boss. I got onto his boss later that day and said, listen, I want to commend that man to you. Um, he just didn't complain and... Uh, it was a very menial task, but someone has to clean the car park. Uh, someone has to be a servant. And I said, don't let that fellow go. He's a good man. Elisha was known as a servant. He was happy to do the dirty work and pour water on the hands of Elijah. Here's the second thing. He was known as a man of God's word. Look at verse 12. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. The word of the Lord is with him. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, he knew this. He knew this. Um, <clears throat> Elisha knew that God spake to him. Look at verse 16. That's he, Elisha, uh, said, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Somehow, in some way, God came to Elisha and said, Elisha, say this. Say this. Jehoshaphat knew that God's word was with him. Now, of course, God, I don't believe God, uh, the, the, the God's revelation is closed now, it's finished. So we don't uh, have prophets anymore coming around. We don't need that anymore. We have God's word. But we are still to be people of God's word. We are to be known as people of the Bible. Number three, he was known as a separated man. Look at verse 13. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, he's talking here to um, <clears throat> uh, the king of, uh, uh, <clears throat> Elisha's talking to the king of Israel, Jehoram. And he said, what have I to do with thee? What have I to do with thee? He was a separated man. What's he saying? Now this is, this is Jehoram. He wasn't quite as bad as Ahab. Actually, it uh, says in verse two, he wrought evil in the sight of his, uh, uh, wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and his mother, for he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved under the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin. He departed not therefrom. So Elisha was a separated man. He said, "What have I got to do with you? What, what are you talking to me for? You are. You don't follow." The God of Israel. You don't follow the God of Israel. What are you talking to me for? He was a separated man. Because the Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. 
And then, fourthly, he was, a fe- he was a fearless man in the same way. He says that, look at this. What have I to do with thee, verse 13? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. What were the prophets of his father and his mother? That's very interesting, Elisha said this. If you come back here to chapter 2 and verse 25, this is not long after Elijah took off for heaven and, uh, and, and there's a few goings on here with the, the sons of the prophets and, and so on. But look what, oh, and this is also after that famous passage about the, uh, the young people who poke fun at his bald head. There's not many bald people here in Queensland, is there? Oh, he's a, he's a blue He's a blue. Is there something, there's something in that, isn't there? Like New South Wales, baldness, uh, you know, power. <laughs> At least in the case of Brother Paul, brilliance. Brilliance. Yeah, that's, that's good, eh? That is really good. But anyway, uh, and we all love that story. I love that story anyway. I tell that to my kids. Do not mock the bald head. Go up, thou bald head, because if you mock the bald head, there might be two she kangaroos out there. <laughs> and notice it says she bears, not he bears. She bears, and tear forty and two of them. So just be careful of the baldies. Um, but verse twenty-five, and he, that's Elisha, went from thence to Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel. And from thence he returned to Samaria. What happened at Mount Carmel? What happened at Mount Carmel? It was the showdown. Elijah and the prophet, the 400 prophets of Baal. So for whatever reason, Elijah went back to Carmel and most probably revisited that incredible happening up there, the showdown on Mount Carmel, where uh, Elijah took the prophets of Baal and took them down to the creek and, and killed them, had them killed. And so it's no coincidence that he said to Jehoram, he said, I've got nothing to do with you. You go to the prophets of your father and your mother. They followed Baal and all these false gods. And so you go go back and look, go and ask them. What are you asking me for? He was a fearless man. And then, fifthly, he was known to walk close to God. Look at verse 14. And Elisha saith, as the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, before whom I stand. You know what Elijah did? He stood before God. You know, we don't, we don't, in fact, for most people in the Bible, most of the Bible characters, we only know little bits and pieces about them. I mean, what did Abraham do for most of his life? Well, I don't know, looked after his cattle, looked after his sheep. Uh, what did Isaac do? What did, what did, what did Elisha do? Now, we see, um, we see some of his uh, goings-on, his miracles, but this is just little bits and pieces, little snippets that God's revealed to us. But most of the time, Elisha just stood before God. That's what he did. You know, walking with God, it's not very, most of the time, it's not spectacular. It's not spectacular. It's good, but it's not spectacular. Um, Psalm 123, verse 2. I love this verse. Psalm 123, verse 2. Behold, as the eyes of servants look under the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden under the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God. 
As the eyes of servants look under the hand of their masters and the eyes of maidens under the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God. And you must probably see this in the old, you know, Cecil B. DeMille movies, whether in Egypt or wherever, and you've got the king there and you've got the servants. What do the servants do? They don't do anything. They just stand there and they wait for a hand movement. That's all they wait for. And they know the hand, they know the hand movement. Go there, go there, or whatever it might be. And so the servants, they just look, they look at the king or they look at the, the mistress or the, the mistress of the house or whatever. They don't do anything else. They're just waiting to serve. That's what Elijah did. Elisha, that's what Elisha did. He just stood before the Lord. And when God said, all right, Elijah, it's time. I'm going to reveal something here to you. Go and tell them to dig ditches. Or go and uh, get some salt and throw it into the, the creek. Or, you know, wrap, wrap the, uh, what do you call it, the cloak. Wrap, wrap Elijah's cloak around and, and whack the, the river and you'll pass through. And then once he did that, we don't know what he did. He went back and he just stood before the Lord. You know, to be a good servant, you've got to be close to the Lord. Close to the Lord. You don't have to, be, have to be always doing stuff. You don't have to be doing the spectacular all the time. Just stay close to God. And then when God says, that way, that way, that way, all right, I know, I know that's what God wants me to do because I'm, I'm looking, for, looking for the hand of the Lord to move. Just stay close to God. That's when witnessing becomes easy because... Lord, I I don't know what to say to people. Well, I'm just going to stay close to God. And uh, when the Spirit of God says, go and talk to that person. Now, oftentimes I'll make excuses. (laughs) Say, Lord, no, 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 it's the wrong day. Well, no, actually, today's the day of salvation. It's the right day. Just stay close to the Lord. Righto. A couple of points to go and we'll be done. Number six, he was known as a man of discernment. Verse 14, he said, surely... Were it, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee. He was known as a man of discernment. He respected Jehoshaphat. Now, I think Jehoshaphat was in error here. Uh, I don't think he should have been in cohorts with Jehoram. But he was. Uh, but, <clears throat> but he was a man of discernment. Elisha honoured those three Kings, because of Jehoshaphat was there. He was still a godly king. Number seven, he was known as a man influenced by good music. Verse 15, we read about the minstrel. The minstrel played, then the hand of the Lord came upon him. Uh, <clears throat> and again, we, we, we know that, that, that good music plays an important role in uh, preparing hearts. Lastly, he was a man that knew the power of God. Look at verse 16. <clears throat> Thus, uh, <clears throat> oh, sorry, uh, verse 18. This is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hands. Elisha knew the power of God. Um, <clears throat> the theologians will say, and uh, you can count these yourself, that uh, Elijah, there's eight recorded miracles of Elijah. And of course, Elisha asked for a double portion. And um, there are 16 uh, most of the theologians will say there are 16 recorded miracles. You can count those yourself. I think it's fairly right. 16 recorded miracles of Elisha. 
<clears throat> but whether that's true or not, um, he was a man that knew the power of God. You know what we need? Uh, we need to dig some ditches and, uh, <clears throat> and just wait for God's blessing. God does the miraculous side of it. We've still got to do the digging. And then we need men and women and we need some young people of character. Character. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of the day. And uh, please speak to us, Father, from your word. Even as maybe we go home and maybe meditate on these things, uh, we just pray and ask for your work in our lives. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.